I'm Aeson and welcome to a 93-20 player pre-season tour review podcast. Uh, I was up at an ungodly hour this morning to watch City slap Real Madrid, four goals to one. Um, I'm delighted to be joined for the first time this season, the first time this summer by Scott Loney. Welcome, Scott. Morning, mate. How are you? Very well. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Looking forward to a new season. Excellent. And the legend... The man, <laughs> the myth, Mr. Howard Hocking. How are you doing, Howard? But everyone thought it was Stefan then, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm all right, thanks. Bit tired. Hey, so can but... I just, uh, obviously, since you've gone subscription, I just got a chat. I'm not paying you for this privilege, am I? It's uh, it's, only, it's only £2.50 per appearance. So you... uh, Is that why you've downgraded from Cap Ferrat to Monaco these days? <laughs> there you go, there you go. But just so that you know, I do accept PayPal payments. You're welcome to PayPal the £2.50 over to me whenever you want. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I've got an opening question for both of you. Scott, I'm going to start with you. Do do results uh, mean anything in pre-season? Uh, no, when you get beat by Manchester United. Yes, when you beat Real Madrid. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. Uh, I, 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 sorry, I, I was just going to be sort of expand on that. Yeah, um, I was disappointed that we would lose to United, even in those circumstances. So, I think the timing of us going out there and United already having two weeks under their belt, um, I think it was maybe not as pronounced as I thought it would be. But um, yeah, still a disappointment. We didn't do ourselves any favors, but that's what you do these days. You chase the big books. You go on the big tours. Mm. Do you not think that even in that United game, we we looked, considering it was our first game and they were, what, two weeks ahead of us in terms of their planning in two games, um, did you not think that we looked relatively fit? Uh, yeah, um, I can't recall the condition. It looked quite humid there as well. It's that type of place, isn't it, Houston? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As you say, you can't read too much into it. I'm sure Pep's give them all major instructions before they left at the end of the season not to come back and do a Yaya or a Sami Nasri. So, uh, yeah, you'd be upset if they were if they're blowing hard after ten or twenty minutes. Mm, there wasn't. It seems like there wasn't a fat camp this year, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> it means that people have listened. Um, Howard, what about for you? Do do the results mean anything in preseason? I remember a few years no. back. Um, after the 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 United, actually, I remember was it last summer that we played Arsenal right before the season started. There was a lot of panic after that Arsenal game, um, and I remember the 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 eleven twelve season, the start of that when we lost to United in the Charity Shield. There was a lot of, you know, yeah, a lot of hand wringing about how poor we'd looked. So uh, we all know what happened in that season. But I'm just curious to whether you think the results actually mean anything. Uh, not really, no. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, when we were rubbish, we used to have quite good... I mean, we weren't playing Real Madrid, to be fair. We were playing Oldham or Rochdale. But they tend to be inversely proportional you know, to the success of the season. Uh, uh, so... We did I mean, win the you, Young Camper look... Trophy. We did well, win the Young Camper Trophy, And remember? the Thomas Cook, yeah. Thomas Cook won as well. Being Barcelona, first team to beat Barcelona in the camp now, I think it was when... Uh, yeah. Was it 2009 or something? Richard Dunn, Steve oh, Richard Island. Dunn. Richard Dunn didn't know how to lift a cup up, did he? He was a bit confused. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, you know, Richard Dunn's well do. used to lifting a few cups, mate, yeah. but they contain something more than silverware. Yard of ale, yeah. <laughs> no, Brilliant. That's unfair. Uh, no, I, I, I think you take more from... Well, it's, 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 we're both 
we're both like, even Real Madrid, they're not ready yet. We're not ready. And there's a lot of changes during the match. But, yeah, we scored four goals. There was plenty to take from the game. It's not just the score, though. So, But quite, it looked, we'll come on to the other stuff, but there was stuff apart from the score itself that does fill me with some confidence. So. Okay. Well, um, let's start with, uh, I want to start with, well, Guardiola started with a 3-5-2 formation um, with Walker and Danilo as as wing-backs. Um, Howard, thoughts on, on the two new recruits? How do, how do you think that they did in those sort of wing-back positions? Yeah, well, th- well, firstly, I can't remember how long. Was he on the whole match, Walker, or there's so many substitutions second half? But No, um, uh, is it Duhaney came on in the second yeah, half? Or... That, yeah, quite late, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I thought Walker was pr- pretty dumb good to be honest uh obviously there's rustiness and you know not everything worked but really impressed thought he's, he just looks quite settled already uh on the other flank obviously he's playing out of position Danilo so and he might have to get used to that because Mendy's not fit is he for the start of the season uh I thought he did okay as well I mean Walker stood out a bit more but the, you know just the dynamism of both compared to what we've had in the last 12 months. It's just on a different level completely. Mm. And I don't think him being, and I say speech mark, quotation marks, a failure at Real Madrid will really have much bearing because you can tell he's still got class all about him. You know, vast majority of matches we'll play will be more than good enough. So, and out of position, you know, not played before, I thought he did just fine. Yeah, just totally changed the space and how we stretch the pitch, really, in that formation. I'm just... I'm just still, I know it's, it's a friendly, so I can't take anything from it. I don't know if this will become our de facto formation, but I still don't feel totally confident in defence. Yeah, you can pick out individuals saying they played well, but I still don't feel it's a. It's still a, a formation that might give away chances to the opposition. But That's we'll, 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 we'll tell you. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at this stage, we've you know, the changes and new players, <laughs> it's probably too early to be coming to conclusions like that, but. It's one of my few remaining worries at the moment. So. Okay. Um, Scott, what about for you? What did you make of, of Walker and Danilo? Yeah, I've, 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 we've had conversations before, you and me. I'm very excited about the arrival of Kyle Walker, much as uh, people want to establish some sort of, uh, you know, um, narrative around him not being this one of the best defenders in the world he's certainly for me the best right back in the Premier League and that's what if we want to improve then that's what we've got to do um, I, I, I'm still a little um, a bit like yourself a bit bemused as to what Pep's thinking is because if we're going to go with the three at the back or in a wing back system then surely we have to be concerned then about how they occupy the spaces where the wingers would normally be as well Um it's going to take a, 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 quite a bit of bedding in, I would have thought. I mean, we are still shudder to remember Micah Richards running into, I think it was at the Stadium of Light against Sunderland where he was hauled off eventually, where him and uh, Jesus Navas just couldn't uh, seem to get on the same wavelength in terms of occupying each other's space. So I'd cut Walker and Danilo and Mendy a lot of slack until we see how they're expected to overlap and dovetail with the likes of our wider players like Asane. Uh, so it's intriguing for me. I do think Pep's possibly taken a lot on board from what Conte's done at Chelsea. 
And I definitely think there's a much more robust look or a look that he wants to give us next season, Pep, mm. in terms of our physicality uh, to the point that we're, we're literally strangling the life out of teams so high up the pitch, knowing that, that we've now got that power and recovery in the fullback areas to come back. I, I've always thought a three, it's, we're made for a three under Pep. It's just simply having the personnel to do it. Mm. Yeah, you- what you said was about, you know, my concerns about defence. It's exactly what was just as Scott mentioned then. It's about, yeah, the wingers. Couple of times, you know, Modric was uh, diagonal balls to Modric seemed to be too easy. So mm. I think the only concern really is that gap between, you know, wingers being caught up. Oh, I say wingers, <laughs> all fullbacks come wingers being caught up uh, upfield and leaving those gaps and, you know, on each side of our three central defenders. But with time, it should get better. And you say we've just got the pace now to get ourselves out of difficult situations which we didn't have last year so. yeah I think also weirdly enough I, I feel as though if you're gonna if you're gonna go with <coughs> with that three and Vinny's in the three I think it makes a big difference just in that uh, you're right that there there are you know until the positioning is spot on between um I, I think on Walker's side it was fine but I think on Danilo's side there was definitely a gap between him and Otamendi um but I think the difference is that Otamendi's a lot more comfortable moving into that into that gap and engaging whoever the attacker is because he's still got two centre halves behind him to his yeah, right. Yeah. So I think that does make a big difference. Hey Scott, I wanted to to just throw back to you on something that that I thought about. Are you a little bit surprised that Walker and Danilo were the wing backs as opposed to maybe going with a defender on one side, but then maybe giving Sane or Sterling a go on the other side. Because it does, instinctively, for Guardiola, it does feel quite a defensive approach to play with three centre-halves and two full-backs. Because if you think about when he's used three at the back in in at previous clubs, the the quote-unquote wing-backs have tended to be more attacking-type players. Or maybe I'm getting that mixed up as well. I think maybe we are. I think, as I say, it's difficult for anyone to pigeonhole Pep in terms of his ideas. But I'm concerned, I've got to say, about whether we even see the conventional wingers next season in Sane and Sterling. Because I just don't see how they can all occupy the same space. They're both the 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 guys we're bringing in, the Mendes and the Walkers, effectively do what we're asking wingers to do last season, which is to drive the space behind the fullback yeah. and 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 give the delivery. What, what you replicate? You, you're putting four players on the pitch there. <clears throat> if you want your Sarnes and your Gabriel Jesus or or Sterling to still be a mainstay in the team. Uh, this is what I'm doing. I, 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 maybe Pep is starting to think a little bit more pragmatic and in certain games think, do you know what? It's a 3-5-2, but it's essentially a five-man midfield with the, the wing-backs acting more like Sane and Sterling because yeah. then you have to start thinking, if it's a five and you've got the two outside, well, there's got there's got to be someone who anchors the middle, the pivot, and then you've got to choose or perm from Kevin De Bruyne, David Silva, and Bernardo Silva, and and, Ale- and Alexis Sanchez. Sorry, <clears throat> um, but you you've got to think 
where where are we going to fit all these? I know it's saying we've got plenty of games and it's horses for courses, but I do feel that we need that consistency, a settled team. Um, maybe it'll change for Champions League games, but I'm a little concerned this season that how Sterling just, and Sane are going to be affected. I see what you're saying, but I think, much it's just my opinion, I think that obviously Guardiola wants tactical flexibility, so he wants us to be able to play with three at the back and with two wing backs. Um, but my guess would be, and also the other the, the other thing with playing that three at the back is I suspect that there's an element of wanting to accommodate Aguero and Jesus together and knowing that you can play... Jesus is probably the more natural in terms of playing from a wide position, but Mm. he's also, in my opinion, better centrally. Um, And I think that maybe part of this 3-5-2 is actually looking at those two playing together as well and seeing how effective that could or couldn't be. Um, but I think when the season begins, I think that the default formation, the default setup will be the 4-3-3 with the two wide men and the one centre forward. As, as, as long as we're not falling into the default of shoehorning, you know, creating a formation just because we're shoehorning such a a huge array of talent. Yeah. That, that, that's my well, concern. If it's a three, if it's a three, exactly. If it's a three, five, two, then use the players for the three, five, two. Yeah. If we're going four, three, three, I can't help but feel that we're just trying to legislate for more of the, um, the stellar names that we're acquiring. And he still wants Sanchez to be honest. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, I don't, I just, I, it's not an issue for me. I think fitting players in is, I, I, what I would like is a squad like Madrid's or like Bayern Munich's where you can basically go, right, I'm going to pick these 11 today because it's Sunday. And then on Wednesday in the Champions League, I'm going to pick, pick seven different players. But those seven different players will still win me the game. I think that, that having that sort of squad squad depth and tactical flexibility is it's really important. I think where I agree with you, Scott, is that I do think that we're not Madrid and we're not Bayern. And I think that we showed a lack of consistency in the quality of performances that we put in both individually and collectively last season. And I think that we haven't got players who are naturally as intelligent as maybe some of the players at Madrid and at Bayern. So I think it will be a steeper learning curve and it might take a little bit longer with our squad for it to be... For it to be plug and play in the sense of you can literally go, let's play 4-3-3 on Sunday and then on Wednesday in the Champions League, yeah. let's switch to 3-5-2 and both formations are completely natural. I think for me, accommodating players isn't the issue. The re- the real issue will be actually mastering um, those formations and how sort of, yeah, just how natural they are. Because yeah, I think, go on. God, sorry, Asa, I was just by extension of, your, of, of that argument, I'd say it's... It's maybe a little bit more simple that we're not Real Madrid. Um, maybe to a lesser extent, we're not Bayern Munich. But Madrid in particular offers um, the squad. All right, we've seen Isco complain and we've seen Benzema, people like this. But essentially, most players are quite happy to to, to be part of the 
the wider thing, the kudos of being at that club. There's also a lifestyle that comes with obviously living in Madrid. I think we're hamstrung as a club because we're trying to do the Barcelona, Real Madrid, stock it to capacity with quality across all areas. But I think in terms of how it impacts the players who aren't playing at City, it's much more pronounced because if you're not playing with the greatest respect to where we're from, (laughs) no, you have to do... If you're Morata, who's obviously moved on now, but he's been here, there, or he's been quite happy to accept a squad role, I do think that there's players... uh, There's certain clubs where players are just quite happy to be... um, by association, if nothing else, quite happy to pick their wages up and accept all the the thing that's come with it. I think I think it's a lot different at City. I think if you're not playing, then that that creates tension within the squad, and obviously it's up to the manager to solve that. But I think you can have too much of a good thing. I really do. Interesting. I'm I'm sort of I'm somewhere in the middle with that. I think that. I think you're right. You know the 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 prestige of Madrid and the lifestyle out there means that you can probably get players to sit on the bench for longer. Um, so maybe if we stock the squad in the way that we're trying to stock the squad, come December January, there'll be an unhappy player or two. But the flip side of that is, to be honest, Scott, I'm not asked about unhappy players because Guardiola will sell them. And buy no, but I'm asked about progression. No, I'm but- asked if Leroy Sané or Raheem Sterling uh, are going to be directly impacted by the fact that, or not the fact, but by the, the chance that Pep may be coming more um, defensively minded and these wing-backs that have come in. That's my concern. My concern is the kids who uh, are on the... No, that's fair on, enough. That's, on that's, the, ver- on yeah, the verge yeah, of becoming superstars in, them, in, the, in the their own time I've heard. It's not the first time I've heard that argument. I think it's, I think it's completely fair enough. I think that, you know, um, it's... How do I say this? It's personal or it's subjective in the sense that, I'll be honest... Yeah, I'm pretty brutal in that sense. All I want is for City to win. And if we're winning, cool. And if we're not winning, I'll be unhappy. But when it comes to whether Sterling's happy or Sane's getting enough minutes or, you know, Aguero's been on the bench for too long, it, for me, those things, they're not really... That's the manager's headache. That's not my headache. What what I, I get enough headaches from watching the 11 that he's picked, not doing what he's asked them to do. Um, but I know there's plenty of people I, I, who I respect, like yourself, who have said, I don't want Sanchez because that will affect Sane's development. And I, I think that's a, I think that's a perfectly valid argument to put forward. And it's right in many respects. Do you know what I mean? Um, how, I do want Sanchez, by the way. Yeah, no, I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Um, Howard, do you think it was good? Uh, Fodden obviously didn't shine in the way that he did against United. Do you think maybe that was a little bit of a good thing for him to kind of be bumped back down to earth in terms of what it actually means to be a first team player at that level? Uh, well, I, th- I thought he was getting carried away anyway, to be honest, but I mean, he's coming up, he was up again, you know, Modric and Isco and <laughs> yeah, That's even a with a few... There were a few players missing that were still just a ridiculously good team. So I don't I don't think it's either good or bad. It's to be expected. He's not. He wasn't going to dominate the midfield, was he? Uh, well, it wasn't. Good for it me wasn't then. bad. It was. Uh, but 
he must be aware of this. He knows what he's up against. He's now he's up against the best players in the world, and it's just a learning experience. The thing is, how often does he get in that team? Because the more he plays, the better he gets. The more he, the more comfortable he'll feel in that. Uh, yeah, people always get carried away with a, a young kid having a great. Well, it's not a debut as such, but kind of a debut for the season as well. And yeah, when someone breaks through and you notice them for the first time, a lot of people there is too much written a lot of the time, but. It's just, it is what it is. I'm sure he's well aware that this was going to be a very tough game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and really, you need 90 minutes and you need quite a lot of them to really paint a bigger picture of of where we see him being in a year or two. So Yeah, no, that's, that's spot on. Um, I, I think it was good for me because I think I was getting carried away. I think that's why I put that question in there um, because I sort of watched that United game and I guess part of me was like, We've got one here. He can play. He should start the season. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, same with Sancho. I mean, I know we've been criticised for not letting you through, but none of these players would have been in the team yet because they're not, they're not they're very young still. Mm, no, so Sancho can't. Sancho can only, his only argument is that other people, other players have had their progress blocked. He can't complain about his own because... No one could claim that he should have been in our first team squad last season. It's too early for that sort of thing. I'd say it's about a year away, maybe. Maybe Foden could get in now, uh, but that's the argument isn't it that he's, he's seen what others has happened to others. But yeah. I do hope he gets in the squad. Yeah, I would like him in the squad. We need homegrown players just for reg- rules and regulating. Yeah, we can only have seventeen foreign players, so to speak. So there might be room for him anyway. Mm. So. No, definitely. Um, Hey, Scott, what did you make of the Aguero-Jesus partnership? Um, Coming back to your point earlier, I think Gabriel Jesus is much more suited to the central areas. I think he's much more of a, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think he's much more of a a box man who Mm. takes opportunities. Um, Whereas Aguero always catches the eye as well because of his endeavour of trying to work an opening from the edge of the penalty box I, the, the thing that struck me most about Jesus when he come was just how sharp he is and how he comes alive inside the penalty area whereas Aguero and it sounds ridiculous for saying this but I thought he was guilty a number of times last year of just not being switched on or snatching at stuff um I, I don't know I, I, it's a difficult one Does for me actual no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It looks forced. Mm. I think, and I think it's Aguero that's forcing it simply because he wants it to work. Whereas I think when we saw maybe West Ham, all right, it was West Ham, but there was a much more of a fluidity um, and breaking at pace when you had Sane and Sterling, and you could see that Jesus looked much more responsive to that. And I also think as well, we we forget that Jesus is just a kid. And he's play, He's being asked to play with one of you know the world's most identifiable players. Yeah. He may feel at the moment that he's inhibited by it because he's he's expected to show deference. Um, I'm not saying he is, but I, some players are empowered more when they're asked to you know to carry the load, and then it's make or break. Which is why I'm so you know such a big fan of Mbappe because you can just see it from every pore. That you know, he believes in himself to the point that it doesn't matter who he's playing with; he knows he's going to perform. Um, I don't think Aguero and and Jesus 
uh, can play together. I think they they can, Ooh. but I don't think I don't from I don't think from a, an effective point of view going forward. <clears throat> I don't see a a partnership developing that you know, based on their names alone, we expect it to you know go through the roof. Mm. Excuse me. <clears throat> I would um, something's not quite right with Sergio. Um, no, just when Sergio's at his best, he's not thinking. He's just he's just pure, you know, genius. Uh, at the last six months or towards the end of the last season, I thought he was trying to be something that he's not. Do you think maybe the Do you think maybe the um, the endeavour that that we are seeing from Con, the work rate, the the kind of willingness to play in areas that aren't central areas. Do you think all of that, what I would consider to be selflessness, is actually maybe impacting upon the quality of what he is good at? Absolutely, absolutely. I remember Rio Ferdinand, I think he was on a, a some promotional with Sergio a couple of years ago and they sat down and they were talking, I think it was Puma or something like this. And I remember Rio saying that, that Ferguson used to always stress, not that it made much difference because Sergio used to score all the time against United, but he, he's like Tevez. He wants that. He wants that. He wants to feel his opponent behind him. He wants that. He wants that engagement. Um, he wants to invite you to be on it. And I think where we're seeing maybe the, the drop off from Sergio is as you say he's coming out of those central areas he's dropping deep his endeavors asking him to chase stuff down but for me he's much more effective when he's got that defender right behind him and he's much closer to goal mm. I, 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 you know what's that song you know um, high hopes keep he kept butting that dam and that's that's <laughs> what it is it, it feels like he's banging his head and through sheer force he's, he's going to get through just because he's an absolutely wonderful player but in terms of how he plays to his most you know most effective um it, it it seems forced rather than anything else for me i'll be honest i um that's sort of how it felt for me watching the two of them together i was a bit it just felt unnatural it felt a little bit like I think I tweeted this, that it felt a little bit like when Tevez and Aguero played together, where there was a lot of buzzing around and there was a lot of endeavour and there was moments of quality. And I think we flat-tracked Norwich or somebody like that. I think that was the game with the... 6-1 uh, six, six on yeah, the way to the, the title. Yeah, with the golf club, um, uh, with yeah. the golf in celebration. But... I don't think that it's something even back then that Mancini had considered as something realistically that he could go with regularly. Um, and I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm curious, Howard, what do you think? Because obviously Scott's spoken a lot. I've, I've given my reservations. What, what's, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's hard to argue against it really. I do think if you ask him to, yeah, if you ask him to go out wide and drop back, then you're taking away kind of energy from what he does naturally. Uh, but we've seen individual games. I mean, I'm not I'm not drawing this from pre-season. They haven't played together that much because of injury. That this is, you know, I've not decided that it's something that can't work. It could take six months to gel together, the two. Uh, but I do think, I think Aguero, you know, these rumours last season, they went on and on. 
uh, there's no smoke without fire. There was something there. And it was asking, you know, he's trying to push a Guerrero to do new stuff. And perhaps a Guerrero thinks, well, it's not what I'm about. It's not what I've done for 10 years uh, since I was a kid. And a, but I've seen individual games where he has done both. He's, been, he's done the legwork. It's come off. He scored the goals. I'm not giving up on this yet. And I'm not, and we didn't get, didn't see him together for 90 minutes. But it will keep lingering until they go on a purple patch together. The doubts that just maybe it's one or the other that plays. Mm. I don't. I, I. I. I've got hope. Like I'm. I'm absolutely not writing it off after. Uh, yeah. After you know, forty-five minutes in in a preseason game, not at all. And I think that the fact that we've played with three at the back and we've played with the two of them together, and I think that Guardiola's mentioned it in both his press conferences that. He wanted to see more of Jesus and Aguero together last season. So it's it's certainly, from my point of view, not a case of writing it off. It's just that, I don't know, I guess I just, I'm being honest, like that was my vibe. I watched it and it felt unnatural in in moments and it felt a little bit like neat. we weren't getting the best out of either player by asking them to perform in that way. Um, kind of brings me nicely onto the second half and Raheem, because obviously... In the second half, Raheem comes on and, and, and plays that role that Aguero played uh, and ends up winning man of the match. Um, so I'll start with you, Howard. What did what did you think of, of, of Raz in that position? Yeah, well, he's done it before and he's it felt feels quite natural for someone for someone who's criticized for not being able to, you know, shoot. Mm. He seems to be a lot more comfortable when he's in the middle. And mm. it, it's I don't know, just the yeah, I thought he was superb, basically. You know, he was very good, very lively. I mean, he flashed one wide where he could have done a bit better. Uh, but it was a really calm finish as well. You know, and he's in the near post. Shades of that one for Liverpool against City and, at the Etihad, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. But there's just too many people in that position for him to really... I mean, he can be moved there within games. He might have the odd game there. But let's be honest, it's it's a cluttered part of the pitch where everyone wants to be, isn't it? And... I just don't know. Yeah, I just that it's strange. He just seems to get. He seems very confident, and yeah, well, I've gone on so much. The only problem with him is is probably in his head uh, about self belief and confidence and feeling natural about striking the ball. Mm. But sometimes it feels very forced, and yet I don't. Yeah, he seems to be a lot more comfortable in that position. But I, can't, I don't think we're going to see a lot more of him there. I don't know. So. Time will tell. Yeah, I I guess time will tell, but I think that he he was moved centrally a couple of times by Guardiola last season as well. Yeah. And I think that it speaks volumes that... Look, if if we've we've just had a conversation of about 10 minutes, maybe not that long, five minutes, where we basically said that Sergio Aguero might not be quite good enough somehow or might not be right to be playing uh, alongside Jesus in a 3-5-2... And yet we move Raheem there, and he he becomes man of the match. I think that's I think that says something. I think it really does. Um, mm. Scott, what about for you? Yeah, I mean, am I overreacting it a little bit? No, not at all. You know me. I, I think it, I, I can't stand the bullshit that still surrounds Raheem Sterling. <laughs> it's just it's just a a hangover from everything that was cultivated around his whole move. Mm. Um, he was never prolific. He was he was a provider. He was the best young player in England. England's best young player. Um, 
his, his first season, he did okay. I thought last season he was excellent. And, um, you know, we, we make arguments for saying, well, David Silver is an absolutely incredible player, and he is. But there's always a caveat, and that is that he couldn't finish his dinner. He should be scoring more goals. And I think we need to afford Raheem the same amount of... Uh, Leeway, he's not a goal scorer. Mm. He's he's a guy who keeps the pitch wide, faces his man up, and you know what? He's as brave as a lion. He keeps coming back. Everyone says he's a bottler. Everyone says he pulls out of it. And yet, every time, he keeps coming back. I, it's, I just, I don't like all this talk about what he is. And no one talks mm. about what he is. I think that's a really he's, good he's, point. It does he's, score, though. I mean, it does. Got, he scored ten goals. That's so excellent. Yeah, well, that's you talk goals. about a, yeah, exactly. You talk about a central position. I've seen him play central for Liverpool as well. When they won the title in two thousand and fourteen, <laughs> yeah, he played Norwich away, and he's coming off the line there, and he's gone in at Norwich, and Norwich seemed to be the whipping boy for all title winners. So congratulations once again at Liverpool winning the title that year. But he drove into the space, hit a shot from about thirty yards, and pings it, you know, top corner. I, he, I saw him moved inside at home against Bournemouth when we were struggling and he comes in in the second half and scores two close range. He is always going to miss absolute sitters. David White used to miss them. Sergio misses. Sergio should have had 15 more goals last season, Mm. but we overlook it because he's still got 30 to his name. He's a striker. Raheem Sterling was arguably our best player in Europe last season, along with Leroy Sané. He was outstanding um, and has been consistently brilliant in Champions League games because the types of players he's coming up there, they don't see players like him very often. Um, I think that goal against Madrid meant a lot to him as well. We say, was it? Do, can you read anything into to these, these friendlies, so to speak? Look at the reaction of our players every time yeah. they score. It's like, it's, it's, no it's one enjoyed like, it more than Stones, though. Well, yeah, <laughs> he was well, ecstatic, wasn't he? Yeah, but again, that's the thing about Sterling. He seems to do, he always seems to take you by surprise because you've pigeonholed him and then he'll come and score a goal. The game um, early last season against West Ham where he takes it around the keeper and rolls it in from an impossible angle. And you go, bloody hell, didn't expect that. But we're only saying that because we've had our expectations so dumbed down about him. Um He's he's quite he's he's not even hitting his peak. I, I'm really excited about him. I think centrally, Jesus can play wide or central. Sane, Pep's already said Sane could play central or or obviously stay wide. Same with Sterling. Uh, if Alexis Sanchez come, you've got that as well. Uh, the odd man out is Sergio Aguero because he cannot play wide and play centrally. Yeah, but the other four, the other four, or you could even make the argument for Mbappe. And I'm just shooting the breeze here. I'm not. I'm just saying the players that he Pep is, seems to be wanting are the ones who can actually come off the line or play centrally. I agree. I think the only the only caveat that I would make to that um, about Sergio, and I think it's a really really important one, is that Sergio is the most natural centre forward that we that we have, arguably with the exception of of Gabby Jesus. Um, but I, I think it's a little premature to, I think it's nice to have versatile players that can play across the line, but you also need 
you need you need specialists, you need goal scorers, you need guys yeah. who are in the box yeah. just clinical. And I think that for for all the chances that that Kun may or may not have missed, he still scored thirty odd goals last season. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. Weird. But we're, we're at a point in our development where I think we have to take Cal Duna and his interview at the end of the season at face value, and and so does Sergio. He said that Sergio is an important squad member. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I never thought I'd I'd never thought I would see the day where I thought, you know what? Sergio, he is he has to either accept it or or you know, we've got a, or someone's got a decision to make. If he stay if he's happy to accept in the team dynamic, the squad dynamic, that he's now nothing more than a, an important member of the squad. I think he knows that already, Scott. I think I definitely oh. think that maybe I'm maybe I'm reading this completely wrong and something mental is going to happen in the next four weeks. But my reading of what's going on is that Aguero's got absolutely no appetite to leave City. City have got absolutely no appetite to sell him. And the reality is that we're going to buy other top players. So it might well be that Aguero, although for the last five years, he's been the number one name on the team sheet, it might well be that come this season, maybe he's second or he's third in a particular position. The only... The only small poss- possible small elephant in the room is it's World Cup year, isn't it? Ne- next year, so and you know what pl- some players are like about getting time on the pitch. Yeah, bef- but it's in the season leading up because he's had a troubled time with Argentina and he don't walk into that side anyway. So he he'll be at the back of his mind. I think you know he'd be really keen that he needs a big season. He doesn't walk into anywhere else either, does he? If you look no. at how the other clubs are doing their business this summer, the, you know, the, the, the argument is that Sergio's best place is served still here. I agree. And I'm picking up, you know, being part of the greater good. If we can keep him and get the players that we're getting in, you're talking, you're going at all four competitions as seriously as possible. Oh yeah, bar an injury, he gets thousands of minutes on the pitch anyway. So no, even if we sign Sanchez, so he's got more than enough time to to perform, score goals, and put himself out there for you know to play in the finals next summer. So mm, no, I, the World Cup thing it doesn't it doesn't worry me. I think what what I want to see, having seen Aguero two games of preseason now. I really want him to have a big, big season because I think that if he has a big season, I think he holds the key to everything else that happens this season because I think that if you look across the rest of that front line, it's really young, right? So it will have all of those players, Jesus, Sterling, Sané, they will have moments in the season where they're off the boil. Aguero's the guy who... If we do this right and Guardiola does it right, he knits everything together. He ensures that we mount a title challenge and mount a challenge in the in the Champions League. Because if he's not playing, he's affording, or when he is playing, he's also affording a rest maybe to Jesus or maybe to Sane or maybe to Sanchez if he comes in. And I think that this is the thing that we've got to find. We have to find the balance, I think, between... This season between what is what Scott said at the beginning of the podcast about having uh, a desire to see individual players develop and thinking about the greater good and going, you know what, if Sergio plays 10 less games and Raz plays 10 less games, 
because Sanchez comes in. But the knock-on effect is the quality that we get out of Sterling and the quality that we get out of Aguero is much higher because they they don't have to play every minute of every single game. Well, I think that's the greater good. And I think that that trumps the idea of, well, I want to play every single game because I think that I'm a footballing rock star. Yeah, and it'll be fresher and less likely to get injured if this if they don't play every minute of every week. So exactly. Um, look, I want to talk about KDB because I thought that he looked uh, very fit and very sharp. Um, Scott, would you would you go along with that assessment, or would you want to do you want to maybe disagree with me? <clears throat> I think KDB is a man in a hurry. I think um, nice. he can no longer he can no longer pedal the. Um, the excuse that he's the youngest player or one of the younger players in the team now simply because what's coming up behind him. So he's got to lead by example. I think he's, is he 24, 25 now? Uh, Certainly one of the older players. Um, I do think fitness has been an issue for him. I don't, uh, I don't dispute for a second. He's had a child in the last 12 months as well. And anyone who's had a child will know the upheaval that causes anybody's household. So, I just think he's he's mentally ready. I think he's he's got used to what Pep's asking of him. He's having to adapt. It might not suit him all the way, but I've I've always thought KDB looks like one of these players that to get the best out of him, he's he's just got to be absolutely maybe five or six pounds lighter than maybe he was showing at times last year. I'm not saying he's overweight. I'm just saying for him to be at his absolute peak and maximum. He looked like he could drop maybe a, a, a kilo here or there. Um, he looks absolutely razor. Um, and it's time. It's time for him to fulfill on basically the covenant that we entered into him with him, which is he's a £54 million player, came with a reputation as the best assister in Europe. Um, and he's not won anything yet. He stood on the sidelines with his crutches and watched us win the League Cup in a penalty shoot against Liverpool. It's not enough for players like him. Mm. He's 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 a, he's, he's in the, one of the top twenty players in the world. His time for him. His time is now. I expect him to. Um, I expect him to spark more off the arrival of Bernardo Silva. People with like mindedness. Um, I can't wait. I, I generally can't wait. I think we're going to see him up near the numbers that he was for Wolfsburg before he came. Yeah, I think I think we go back to what Guardiola said um, around the Barcelona Champions League ties in the autumn of, of last season when he said that, you know, De Bruyne has it in him to sit at the table next to Messi and Ronaldo. Mm. He, he, he's got that level of talent. And I think that he probably would admit, we certainly spoke about it loads in the second half of last season, it was terrible. There were moments of, of shocking. Yeah, there were there were moments of of crazy badness that you just you couldn't get your head around where it was coming from. But we forget that footballers are human, and and we forget the fact that you know they are self reflective. And I expect that when he's analysed his own season, he's probably gone for the quality that I have and the levels that I'm at. That was appalling, and I need to make up for that next season. So. Howard, what about you? Am I again? Am I am I over egging this KDB pie, or or do you think that there is uh, there is the potential for him to be even better and even more influential than he has been previously? Well, the dichotomy last season, wasn't it? He played badly, then set up two goals, and you like, yeah. So was that a bad performance, or was that a good performance? So the thing that was missing. Now everything you said is fair. There were times where, and I. 
to me, it looked like he was knackered. I don't know. Just yeah. when you when you're missing passes like that, simple ones, it looks like your legs have your legs have gone. But not in a 33 year old city fullback way. More, uh, <laughs> I just I need a few weeks off. So uh, he was the man of the match for me in the the Real Madrid game because I think oh. he pretty, he pretty much set up everything. I mean, he's well, he set up the Sterling goal. If unless my Fatigue has deceived me. He no, did, did. He did. Yeah. He hit the post. Uh, he hit the post with a great free kick. The keeper got hand to it. Uh, his corners, of course, probably led. He took the corner, I think, that would have led ultimately to the first goal. He set players free. Yeah, Walker down the, the right once was a beautiful pass. And there was also, he, he shot horribly wide, but there was a brilliant piece of skill in the first half before that. Where full speed, he just waltz between two Madrid That's players. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. just a shame that he then, you know, shanked it wide. But yeah, he was just—he was the one. It was the old De Bruyne just bursting forward, laying off passes. Not everything came off again, but then it didn't for everyone because it's pre-season friendly. But he was the best player, and what we need is we need consistency. We need, and that's what a deeper squad's about, isn't it? If he's knackered, he can we. Yeah, silver comes. We have play two silvers instead. He doesn't have to play him now. So exactly. you want the squad to be so deep that no, yeah. we don't have to rely on every single player and any of the players in that team. That there's always someone else to come in. Uh, at the moment, it might be the keeper that we're still kind of relying on. But you can see the squad now is the deepest it's ever been. The, mid- the midfield, the midfield next year, I think we're all in for a huge shot because I, I, I think conventionally we're thinking right, Fernandino or a Yaya or someone who can sit and a tackler, and I think we're well on our way to where Pep, you know, his his dream yeah. template. I think he's playing three ball players in the middle. I generally yeah. do. I think he's going De Bruyne, Silver, and Silver. That's yeah. why I still worry about that defence, but. Well, it'd be wonderful to watch, but I'm saying if, <laughs> if, if they can, if they, if De Bruyne can ally his new fitness, hopefully, and we saw with David Silva, he showed last season he can play that role. Yeah, he can play there. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the three is your Xavi, Iniesta, and your, well, take your pick who your bus gets it is. But yeah. there'll be games next season where we, we're like, bloody hell, that is just eleven attackers on the, the pitch. Ul- the ultimate pep dream is if the opposition can't get the ball then they can't score can they exactly I mean the city of old <laughs> would often score for the opposition but <laughs> even if they couldn't get the ball but that's you know it's still the problem last season is they'd get the ball for 20% of the time and then score from one chance and that's yeah. the key really isn't it uh, but yeah I do I just Let's wonder how about- attacking it would be but I forgot about Fernandinho and of course if Gundogan stays fit then that's a game changer as well because he can rotate the other three. Yeah, real depth he, in centre. Hill protection, then. yeah. There is the tons there, isn't there? Mm. Just the options are ridiculous now. Uh, listen, let's talk about the defenders. I'm, I'm talking about the the, the centre backs. Talk about Stones, Otamendi, Vinny, Mangala, um, Howard. Are they improving under Guardiola? I mean, okay, it's only pre-season, but are you seeing anything? that tells you they're getting better or do you still have that sense of oh shit every time the ball goes near them uh no no i don't i don't panic like that i think that was that was a november october november december last year I really felt like that uh Otabendi really did improve second half of last season uh i'm not drawing anything from this this pre-season really but Stones looked good 
I was impressed with him. Uh, and you've got to remember Stone, it's not just about defending. He's capable of getting us five or six goals a season, Stones. Yeah. He's a real sense. threat from corners, as big as company is. Uh, I thought company was the least effective. You know, he wasn't totally on top of his game against Madrid. But, yeah, I do. It's, there's a lot of players that's key seasons for, and I think, you know, we've talked about Aguero, we've talked about De Bruyne, and I think Stones is another. This is the one where we want him to come of age, really. Definitely, I said that uh, in the last pod. And we're, we're all, yeah, I think we're all quietly confident that he'll do that. Uh, but he seemed, you know, he seemed okay to me. I, they created plenty of chances, Madrid, but what can you really take from a game where you make about seven or eight substitutions and, you know, Mangala's on the pitch and then he's not, and then bring on youth players. It's hard. You know, you can't, the defenders is, you can still, as an attacker, you can just play your game, but it's hard to get, we talk about stability in defence, it's hard to know if you've got the stable defence in pre-season when you're just swapping it all around, you know, every 45 minutes, really. Fair shot. But, yeah, I'm not one of those who automatically thinks that Otamendi should go because it just gives us, it just means we've got another two players to get in because he probably wants another defender anyway. Mm. It's just too much to... We can't just change the whole team. And he did improve. You know, he's been the butt of a lot of jokes, but I think he's got it in him to be a solid defender. Uh, if the Pep system has to help the defenders as well rather than exposing them. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair shout. I mean, I've I've been down on Otamendi a lot, uh, but he did improve yeah, in the second we all have, yeah, last yeah. season. So I think uh, it did still feel like maybe he'd get sold this summer, but... The fact that he stuck around, I think he's going to get another chance this season, and let's hope that he um, he continues his, uh, I guess, his upward trajectory under Pep. Um, hey Scott, just to wrap this up very quickly, um, Brahim Diaz's goal. It would be remiss of us not to talk about it um, and to talk about the the little lad. Um, thoughts on him, on the goal, and his development this season what's best for him what would you like to see for example would you rather he went to Girona for the season and got a season at, on in La Liga uh, of top flight football or would you rather he stayed with the squad and maybe only got you know very limited amount of minutes at City I think the arrangement with Girona is an incredible opportunity that all the kids in the academy should see it as such um, to have the opportunity to go and play in La Liga against the clubs that are in it. <laughs> it's a no-brainer for me. Mm. He's He's been touted around now since the age of 14 or 15 as as being this top talent. But, um, you know, we've seen it. You say about Phil Fodden. Again, I can see it already that he's got it. Whether he's got it for us is another matter. I'd like to think he has. But I'd like to see these kids tested. I don't think we do them any favours sitting them on our bench and giving them a game in the EFL or whatever it's called these days. Go and put them against Real Madrid, Barcelona, Valencia and Atletico Madrid. It's it's there for us. It's a wide open net for us to develop these kids mm. and see what they're made of. Um, same goes to Patrick Roberts, who needs tested now again. Don't think we serve any purpose putting him on the bench and giving him two games a season. Yeah. Um, you know, Marcos Lopez saw him against West Ham, thought, yeah, he's the real deal. Saw Manu Garcia against Roma on a preseason game, thought, yeah, he's the real deal. But we just can't afford, for, because of, because we've sort of stood still these last two or three seasons in terms of we've fought every season, right, we need to win this, we need to win a trophy, we need to win that. We're just not affording these people the opportunities that they need. So, 
as far as I'm concerned, get him off to Girona. He's a top little player. He really is. Um, he is. Um, only, my only concern is there's no point sending him there unless they play for Girona. You know, sitting on their bench is no good either. Yeah, and, well, we I'm sure you do. I mean, we, eh? uh, we own that club more or less. If we're sending yeah, players... Yeah, but how many players we've sent there so far? But they've all... Pl- I mean, with the exception of Angelino, they've all played... Like the only player who went there and didn't play was Angelino, but it sounds like he really wasn't good enough to play there. But you'd yeah. think, for example, uh, Maffeo and, and Garcia have gone already. You think they're definitely shoo-ins to to start. Uh, Maffeo already did well in the second half of last season in helping them to get promoted. So, so now I've got some confidence there that that they will play. Uh, yeah. Okay, listen. To wrap this up, I'm gonna do some quick fire questions from Twitter. So we'll just go one question per per person really um scott you get to go first um it's a question from anthony abdul who asks uh, could it be the performance to persuade mbappe to join us he's obviously talking about the madrid performance uh no i think mbappe uh as avenger says is one of those players who um can call uh you know book his own ticket wherever he goes i think it'll be more about <laughs> how pep sold the vision to him but he's surrounded by so many people who've got a vested interest in where he goes from his dad to people whispering in his ear. So, um, no, I don't think that performance has made any the slightest bit. I'd like to think it has, but I don't think it will. Fair enough. Um, Howard Walter Smith, you know who Walter is, wants to know, is this, a, is this a make or break season for Sterling? Uh, he says, I can see him stepping up a couple of levels. Uh, well, we said earlier, didn't we? you could make that argument for a lot of players that this is a season where I think the manager, Aguero, Stones, you know, it's just like, well, you have to deploy and we have to perform this season. I don't think it's make or break because I thought he did fine last season. But I agree with him. I think he's going to have a big season. Uh, so I don't, yeah, I mean, the argument is he could get squeezed out because of the wealth of talent. You know, that if we buy Sanchez, and we've had discussed it already, so many players there. But I don't think this is the... I think there's other players that have bigger seasons ahead of them. But yeah, I agree, Walter, that I think I think he's going to be just fine this season. I think he'll carry on from where he, he left off, tailed off at the end of the season, but how he generally performed last season. And I do think he'll be a great success and he'll get plenty of pitch time. He's not, for me, the automatic one to drop out, you know, no. if everyone's fit. I don't think he's not. He's got as good a chance of being in one of those wide slots as anyone else. So, mm. um, Scott, uh, don't laugh. Do you think Mangala and Nasri will be given a second chance? Let's <laughs> let, 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 let's let's talk about Mangala. Um, we need a fourth centre back uh, now that Kolarov has gone, a left-footed one. Do you think Mangala is going to be given a second chance, and do you think sh- he should be given a second chance? Uh, no on both scores. I think he's um, <clears throat> he's not suited for a the way Pep set up, and he wasn't suited for the way we were set up before Pep come in. Um, he's he likes a physical battle. I think you could make the argument. Obviously, we keep going on about his uh, his debut up against Costa. That there's definitely something there. But for forty million or thirty two plus some agent change, then you know there needed to be something more than that. Mm. Um, I, I I wish him well. He he seems a nice guy. He's never rocked the boat. He's never slagged the club off. 
Uh, I feel a bit sorry for him. He's he's in a bit of a gilded cage. I think Valencia would have liked to have done that deal. Um, there's talk that Juventus might even be looking at him now because of the Benucci thing, and you'd never put them two in the same sentence. Um, but no, I think uh, Tosin um, needs to be given more encouragement, having signed his contract, that he can get regular game time as well. If anything, I think we, we could do with a bit of a wily old head coming. Yeah, uh, a Demi someone who's a bit smart with the dark arts and less subtle about it than, <laughs> than Otamendi, who, who just doesn't. <laughs> Too late. Throw, throws himself to the ground because he's under the ball type, you know, thing. Or ch- So, yeah, I'd like to see us go for a bit of a seasoned campaigner, really. Um, Fair enough. Too late uh, for Pepe, though, isn't it? Too late for John Terry as well. If his legs oh, weren't shot, no. but, yeah. But oh, no, I'm just saying, it's somebody, somebody of who's who's been around the block and of is, that profile. Is, I think yes, he's, he's certainly been around the block. Certainly yeah. not of that personality. <laughs> Can I just say as well? You mentioned Sami Nasri there. I'm, I'm. It's really got my uh, go up these last few days. This whole witch hunt for Sami. It's it's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic, um, and attributing leaks to the club. You know, I, I'm not being funny. Pep's um, Pep's taken him on the tour. He's played him. He's doing Q and A's. Um, Caldoun loves him to bits, um, and we're supposed to take the word of a, a leak from basically the reporters who were out with United yeah. that. He's not welcome. He's he's bad for morale. Blah blah blah. He's got. I mean, we're still talking about how he's supposedly going to fail a drugs test that the Daily Mail wrote last last month, which was pathetic because we wouldn't be concerned about that because if he failed it, we'd tear his contract up for breach of contract. It was absolutely pathetic, and this whole narrative that Samir is a bad egg. I, I, I've seen. We've all seen interviews with the, he's done with the kids and the youth players. He's forthright, but he's he's more than encouraging. And I saw a piece. I won't mention who it was, but it's a well-known Man City website who did an opinion piece, or be it an opinion piece, basically buying into this 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 leak, supposed that that Nasri's uh, a bad egg. He's a, ch- a double champion. Um, Unfortunately for him, he's on massive wages, which is the only reason that, you know, most clubs wouldn't take him. Um, did you know he's the highest paid player currently at Manchester City? <laughs> I did read I did read that the last few days, actually. And it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me because he came. It was a, it was a straight fight out, wasn't it, between us and United at the time? I know he's renegotiated since then. But... He got a pay rise when he renegotiated as well that summer that... Um... Really, the title in thirteen fourteen under Pellegrini. It was again one of Pellegrini's requests was the extension of of Nasri, Kolarov, and Jeko. I think those three guys all extended in that summer. Um, he was wearing number eleven last night, wasn't he? So maybe I'm all for about in. domination, like you and winning. I don't really care how we're perceived. Yeah. So you know, as long as the wage bill can take it, and players are quite happy to twiddle their thumbs and play and have an impact when they do, then the likes of Nasri, Mangala, all these fringe players, I, I want to see us absolutely rub faces in it next season. No mercy. So I if- think Nasri's the one. I think that, uh, I know it will surprise a few people, but I do think that the type, the way that he plays is so Guardiola that 
it's it's almost <laughs> counterintuitive to think that now that Guardiola's the manager, we desperately want rid of him. Um, and I just, as much as, yeah, I... I uh, but it's all about bias, isn't it? You know, we've got Joe Hart literally coming out yesterday and saying, I'm going to run my contract down now because next year I'm going to go out on loan as well. And I'm like, you cheeky sod. You know, City have moved heaven and earth to try and get you a club. Couldn't No one was interested. You reduce the fee, you're subsidising the wages, and then West Ham suddenly went out and mysteriously found £35 million to bring <laughs> in Anatovic and uh, Chicharito, or whatever the hell he's calling himself these days. And yet, we've given him to West Ham for basically nada. And he's, he's on the TV yesterday saying, well, uh, you know, I'm going to give 150% to West Ham, but next year I'm probably going to go out and low. He know, he's only got to, he's, he's only got 12 months left on his contract. So while Joe Mate, Hart... That's too much time we've spent about talking about Joe Hart. I'm really not asked about him. He's he's not even a... I'm not asked about him. I'm just saying to all these people who give it Nasri Pelters, yeah, just think he's getting it all in the net and Joe Hart is going away and is literally admitting he's running his contract down. I can get behind that. Well said. Get right behind that. Okay, next question, because we've got a few questions to get through. Howard, this one's for you. Um, yeah. Oh, in fact, no, before we get to this one, Will Forsyth asked, would Brahim and Fodden be better served training with the first team and not playing this season or going out on loan to get games? I think we've answered that already. Yeah, uh, games, I think Girona's, games, games. Uh, Yeah, Girona would be a, a, a good... Well, a, a high level, yeah. So yeah, Liga, would be, Liga would be perfect. Yeah. Um, and the other one is uh, Mangala Magic has asked, thoughts on Nasri staying? We've just given you our thoughts on Nasri staying. <laughs> Um, uh, Cinnabar Sorcery has asked when will Brahim be ready Uh, Howard that's probably a good question he's 17 he looks slight in your opinion when both Fodden and Brahim if it's not this season when will it be Uh, from what I've seen my guess would be about a year away so one year playing in the league for example Mm mm-hmm then they might possibly be ready, yeah. Okay. Because it's hard it's hard to say the age. Yeah, until they play, you just don't know. Until they play not forty five minutes consistently, only then will you know. But seventeen, I mean you'd have to be of you know, astonishing skill to be breaking into one of the top teams in Europe at seventeen. Uh but it's one or two years really, isn't it? You just don't want to lose them. Mm, you no, just absolutely. want them to, you know, as long as they develop, then let's not rush this because they've got a lot of time left in the careers. So, but they've got to be playing now. They've got to be playing over the next year. There's no point. Yeah, you know, I'd love to see Foden in our squad, really. But just to be in a squad and playing the odd League Cup game, it's it's not enough, really, is it? So no. Uh, but just to because Darren Caspi has got the next question it's kind of related Scott this one's for you has Sancho made a mistake in possibly leaving for first team football after seeing Foden and Brahim capturing their opportunity in the past couple of games um, it's probably too early to call yeah you, you wonder what where the truth is it's probably somewhere in the middle in terms of him trying to leverage his, his best deal he can uh, and asking for football um, he's a London lad Um Tottenham, Arsenal, they're all sniffing. Um, he may have had his head turned, but in terms of him making a mistake, as, as you say, we don't really know if he's going to make it. I mean, we've seen Jizz Jazz and Marqueda and all these people. <laughs> 
at 17 that, that be heralded be as the greatest anybody who's yeah, wondering who Scott yes. was talking about yeah but, uh, and where's he ended up I can't remember is it Sociedad now? Real Sociedad like yeah yeah so at 17 is a long way to go same with Brahim and all these these guys if he thinks he can you know make it somewhere else then thanks for the time he's, he's not the type of player we wanted in the first place if he hasn't got the time if you don't want to learn from Pep Guardiola I'm not being funny. Pat your bags. In it, that's that. That's absolutely spot. I think what what uh, Damocles said on Twitter was spot on. That if you um, haven't, if you, what did he say? Oh, I'm gonna forget it. People will have seen it, and I don't remember it now, and I don't want. Is it to the theory it. theory of relativity? Something like that. But it's no. believing that you're good enough, isn't it? If yeah. he is as good as made out, he'll get into the team eventually because Guardiola's not going to leave out a brilliant player just because. It's come through the youth ranks. Yeah, if you don't believe you're good enough to get in his team or you're going to be blocked, then maybe you don't think you're that good. That's yeah. why Fodden's going to make it. That's why Fodden will make it. And Pep knows it because he's got that little extra. He wants to please. He's, yeah. he, he wants to he wants to it's like when your parents used to come and watch you play or whatever in a sport and you'd always try the extra 10%. He's seen it with Fodden. He knows he's a city fan. He's mm. been at the club long enough. Pep He's was, got the talent, and I don't. I don't recall Pep put nailing any kid to the mast like that before. No, Pep was raving about Fodden in October of last year to people in Barcelona, people in Germany at Bayern. He really, really believes in that kid a lot. Really? Um, okay, Howard. Last question, and and it's for you, and it's on our friend Gary Neville. Steve Price asks, um, <laughs> thoughts on Gary Neville staying up to watch us lose, but when we won, sent tweets that clearly misrepresented what Guardiola said. Now, if I remember correctly, what Gary Neville has tweeted is something along the lines of, uh, that's not very nice, saying that, you know, the youth players aren't good enough. And that's why they don't play when Guardiola said nothing of the sort. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Howard? Do you have well, any before, thoughts? Before we came on air, you asked us not to swear, so I'll keep it brief. That For a guy who's working in the media to misquote someone is pretty amateurish in the extreme. I don't think Guardiola... Lots of people have discussions about the blocking of youth, but let's be honest... Who cares Gary Neville's comments about it? Uh, well, I've always had the opinion that the previous youth weren't good enough. If we keep blocking them, then fair enough. But when you've got, Mar- you know, we wouldn't say the same about Mourinho. Well, it was, I you would... know, who. But all I would say is he tried very hard, Neville, <laughs> to be subject, you know, to be a neutral when he started his media career, and he was doing very well at it, but. He's struggling now. The mask is really slipping. Uh, he's a United fan. That's the end of it. I couldn't be neutral doing the job, let's be honest. Uh, and nor can he. Uh, I don't think Guardiola really gives a damn what he thinks. And it's quite tiresome. And he, But the, the bottom, the key of it is he didn't say that. So he's just made something up, fabricated it. Maybe he's angling for a red top job. Newspaper job, I don't know. Oh, I think he's perfect for Sky still. Do you know what I mean? They they love yeah. that kind of misrepresentation. Well, if it works, yeah. 
But you he can't get over the yeah. fact his nephews play at City. I know he's, he's so his sister-in-law's Amanda. She's a journalist, and um, she's quite happy to be tweeting pictures of her of her son holding up medals in City's youth team and stuff <laughs> like that. And she, I also know for a fact that Phil, uh, the, the the better looking of the two. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was disgusted when Amanda came home and brought with with Man City pyjamas for the kids so I don't think Gary's talking to them <laughs> oh, amazing just so that we just so I can read that tweet out because I find it found it this is what Neville tweeted imagine being a youth coach or young player and hearing your head coach say the young players aren't good enough killing them publicly exclamation mark of course Gary because it's not like the current Man United manager kills players publicly <laughs> He would <laughs> never do that, would he? No, um, 30, 30, year old, uh, 30 million pound young left backs who had their legs smashed in two, who were obviously going through a very, you know, the worst year of their career, of their lives, probably need support from the manager, not being publicly hauled out like Shaw was. But That's... he didn't say that. Guardiola said they don't compete, and he's he's right. There's no, there's a big, there's a huge step up, isn't there, from playing for an under 18s team? To playing in the Premier League, spot on. Uh, but we have this league structure. It's he's right. It's not right. But there's nothing we can do about it. We've got we have a league structure that's been there. We've got clubs that have formed over 100 years ago. You know the Czech Trade Trophy is already one step too far. It's it just defecates, so to speak, on the the t- down the pyramid. You know, like basically what Premier League teams want to get. There's there's no room really to put. B teams into the championship or you know if we really want if it was just down to us you'd have B teams you know in the championship or league one playing these players playing competitive football but we can't do that so and Guardiola's right I mean Guardiola's looking after City's interests but you know as a neutral I'll say well it's it's tough look it is the way it is you can't there's a huge step up and you can't it's there's a gap between these youth teams and the first team, I think. But until you play them, you don't know how good they are. Uh, so, you know, you've got to take a gamble with some eventually. But what he said was just a lie anyway. Absolutely. Because Guardiola never said that. No, so. absolutely. And to be honest, we've got, a, we've got a B team in La Liga now. So we're ahead of the curve anyway. Uh, yeah. Okay, listen, I'm going to wrap this up. An hour and 10 minutes is not what I expected. Uh, <laughs> I should have expected it. Scott? Thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Welcome back. Yes, thank you very much. Enjoyed it. Um, Howard, thank you very much. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, You've all already signed up for, for membership. That's the only way you can listen to this. So nice one. Quick reminder that the paywall goes up at midnight on Monday. So you've got until then to update your accounts and update your payments. Uh, In the meantime, thank you very much for listening. As always, go to our website, check out some old podcasts, go to the Twitter account, send us a tweet, and we'll be back very soon with another pod. Cheers.